we shouldn't be miserable at work or running our business. My big aspiration is to create a shift in how businesses run to create strong cultures and strong businesses where the business itself creates a return on the business owner's investment of time and money. This is episode number 48 with Stephanie Scheller. Welcome to the Mindset Horizon podcast. My name is Tibor Nagy, mindset and performance coach and the founder of Mindset Horizon. The mission of this weekly show is to reveal the disruptive mindset of purpose-driven entrepreneurs, high performers, visionaries, and change makers, so you can transform your mindset, realize your full potential, and execute on your dreams. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Now let's get started. What is up, Mindset Nation? Welcome back to the Mindset Horizon podcast. I'm excited to announce that today's episode is brought to you by Podcasters Paradise. As a mission and impact-driven entrepreneur, thought leader, visionary, and change maker, have you ever thought of increasing your online visibility, building credibility, and scaling your impact and business by starting your own podcast? If you answer this question with hell yeah, now this is your chance. According to Edison Research in the US, podcasting is one of the fastest growing medium. Since I started podcasting, I knew I needed to invest in myself, learn more about podcasting, and surround myself with the best minds in the podcasting industry. This is how I became part of the number one online community for podcasters called Podcasters Paradise, created by John Lee Dumas, founder and host of Entrepreneurs on Fire, one of the most successful top-ranked and award-winning podcasts. So if you're ready to start your own podcast, build credibility, and scale your impact and business, I highly recommend checking out Podcasters Paradise at MindsetHorizon.com forward slash paradise. That's again, MindsetHorizon.com forward slash paradise. You can also find the links on our show notes page at MindsetHorizon.com forward slash podcast. If you have any questions after checking out the Podcasters Paradise page or you want to know more about my incredibly positive experiences with Podcasters Paradise, shoot me an email at tibor at mindsethorizon.com or DM me on Instagram at tibor.mindsethorizon. I'm very much looking forward to hearing from you. And so without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. My guest today is Stephanie Scheller, the founder of Grow Disrupt, a San Antonio-based training organization for small businesses. At the beginning of today's episode, we talk about Stephanie's entrepreneurial journey and we discuss how to cultivate a business owner mindset that can help entrepreneurs scale their business. In the middle of the episode, we talk about the importance of company cultures and core values when it comes to building a team. Closer to the end of the episode, Stephanie shares practical tools, platforms, and techniques that can help entrepreneurs be more productive and scale their business. In the end, Stephanie also shares the links where people can download the free giveaways and recommends super amazing books that can help entrepreneurs build better habits and improve their sales and business activities. 
If you want to find out more about today's guest and check out the free resources, book recommendations, and detailed show notes, simply head over to our website, MindsetHorizon.com, and check out the episode's show notes page at MindsetHorizon.com forward slash 48. That's again, MindsetHorizon.com forward slash 48. And now a couple of words about today's guest. So Stephanie Scheller is the founder of Grow Disrupt, a San Antonio-based training organization for small businesses, an accomplished speaker and has been behind the scenes with more than 2,500 companies in the past five years to analyze and address their sales, marketing, and systems. She's a TEDx speaker, a Forbes 30 Under 30 nominee, a 2019 New York Life Woman of the Year nominee, a two-time best-selling author, an entrepreneur, a coach, and a trainer, and dedicated to teaching the same skills that allowed her to build her business from scratch and walk away from her corporate job in less than five months. And so Mindset Nation, without any further ado, let's welcome today's guest. Hi, Stephanie, and welcome to the Mindset Horizon podcast. Hey, I am so excited to be here chatting with you today. I've been looking forward to this podcast. We've had this on the calendar to record this forever, it feels like, and I'm looking forward to it. So I'm excited to be here this morning. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I'm excited as well to have this conversation. And I just wanted to start it uh, with a couple of words about you. So you're the founder of Grow Disrupt, a training organization for small businesses. You're also a TEDx speaker, two-time bestselling author, entrepreneur, coach, and trainer. And so, yeah, I just wanted to also give you the chance to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about this entrepreneurial journey. How did you start your own business? How was this story unfolding for you? Right. It's, um, it's a good story. <laughs> um, so I, my parents actually raised us kids on the Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad, Poor Dad books. Um, wow. Right. I That's know. Cool. So my dad actually would make all of us kids come and sit down on Friday evenings, which of course, like this is exactly what every kid wants to do on a Friday evening, right? Is like sit down and listen to their dad read a book about some financial thing. Like this is so <laughs> annoying to me as a kid. How uh, cool. But I, what it did was it opened up my mind and my eyes to the fact I was like, I don't want to work a job. I want to own a business. I want to be my own boss. And I went to school to open, to learn how to manage a barn. Cause I wanted to, I wanted to work with horses and, um, graduate from school and realize that I, I really am not in a position to go either open my own facility or, um, you know, go work for someone else. Cause I can't make enough money to pay off my student loans. So I, you know, make the decision to go into sales instead. And I just, I remember I had this, this moment, um, driving home. It was, I don't know, it was a summer, a summer evening. I was driving home stuck in rush hour traffic. And I, I remember exactly where I was on the freeway. Um, every still, even now, every time I drive by that spot, I'm like, Oh, I remember this spot. Um, <laughs> and that, that spot, Oh God. you know, sometimes some of the most like, terrible moments, man, you just, you remember those. And I just had this breakdown driving home, stuck in traffic, realizing that like of all of my friends, I was somehow the one who ended up working a corporate job and they were all like, you know, starting their own businesses and doing their own thing. And I was like, you know, I I was the only one who actually wanted to do this. How did I end up being the person 
you know, running a corporate job. What the heck happened here? And so I started looking for opportunities and I wasn't being super proactive about looking for opportunities to open a business. Um, I tried a couple of things. I didn't work out, you know, didn't really go all in until my corporate job actually ended up, they were refusing to pay my commission check. And, you know, it's amazing uh, what a little bit of desperation and frustration will do for you. (laughs) And so I started a sales training business, just totally coincidental, just great timing type of thing. Started the sales training business, built that up very quickly. We were within 18 months, we were the largest, most active sales training practice in central Texas. And I started to realize I didn't want to do sales training. I really wanted to work with small businesses. And I loved doing these events that we were doing, these sales training events. And so we made the shift into putting on events where we design the content, we find the speakers, we lay out everything at the, I mean, we're breaking down our events down to like a psychological level of like how many chairs should be at the table, how much stuff should be on Mm -hmm. the table in order to allow them to focus. How does the content need to flow in order for people to actually remember this stuff? And we book the speakers, we sell the tickets and, you know, had the opportunity to hear some really amazing success stories and growth stories come out of those events for our attendees. And it's, so I, that's what we do. That's my story in a nutshell. Wow. That's amazing. So you, you do a couple of things, right? So with grow disrupt retreats and events are some of them. So would you talk to us a little bit more about the current business aspirations or some services? Oh yeah, absolutely. So my big passion, my big goal here is, you know, if you think about how many people start a business, not actually wanting to run a business, just wanting to not have a bad boss, just wanting to not be cheated or taken advantage of, you know, just wanting to be happy. And that to me speaks of a very, very big problem in business, at least here in the US, and I'm pretty sure it's global, where, you know, we spend 66% of our lives at work. Like that shouldn't be miserable. And for entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs spend even more. Uh, I mean, because that seriously, yeah. do you know an entrepreneur who actually works 40 hours? Like, <laughs> no. no. Right? <laughs> so, like, you know, I'm, I sit here and I'm like, it shouldn't suck. Like, we shouldn't be miserable at work or running our business, right? And so my big aspiration is to create a shift in how businesses run, to create strong cultures and strong businesses where the business itself creates a return on the business owner's investment of time and money. Because, you know, I always tell people, I'm like, look, if you worked for Apple and you owned Apple stock, you would both expect a paycheck and dividends, right? You're not going to just get a paycheck or just get dividend. Like if you only had stock, you're not going to show up for work at Apple. Like you expect a paycheck too. I'm like, why do we consider our businesses any differently? Like you as the business owner, you should get your paycheck, but you should also get a profit distribution and your business needs to be set up. You know, I, I spoke with a guy yesterday, poor guy, like he's literally doing everything in the business. He's got six employees and he's still the one making the final decisions on everything, doing everything. It's mm-hmm. asinine. And, yeah. you know, that is what we want to 
shift. That's what we want to change. We want to get businesses to where they are thriving and business owners, the ones who want to be in business and run a business can do that and love it. And the people who don't want to have to take on that can find a place to work that they're going to love, that they're going to engage with. So that was a long way to come around to tell you, you know, so we have the events that we host. Um, we have Grow Retreat yeah. we host every January. We have the Disrupt Con, which is more of um, the Grow Retreats, like the super intimate, you know, expensive, hyper exclusive event. The con is a little bit wider, broader. It's the same idea of let's give you real content, real ideas, um, but let's not do it at you know a four figure, five figure price range. Let's do it for you know hundred bucks. Um, and so that's the con. And then we also we have a series of smaller events we run as well. And then one of the things that I'm really excited about is we've created these online events where we partnered with um, experts who have courses mm -hmm. and programs that are great for one area. And then we're bringing them together with others. So we we're launching this accelerator in March where it's specifically mm -hmm. for service-based businesses who are under, you know, a quarter million dollars in annual revenue. And it's mm -hmm. designed to get them to a quarter million dollar business inside of six months and, and covering everything from sales to marketing, to hiring, to like the whole shebang. Um, and I'm really, so we're, we're launching that accelerator. And then our goal is actually to launch a product-based accelerator as well for the small guys. And then from there, we want to launch, um, larger accelerators. So once you get past the quarter million, the next big goal is to get past a million. The next big goal from there is to get mm. past the 5 million and then the 10 million. So we want to be able to create these accelerator programs so people can go to whatever level they want to get to in their business, you know, just pick the accelerator and. Yeah, that sounds sounds really amazing and exciting because uh, everything is available then for for these business owners. And I I love the vision statement or the company's purpose. Let's say so to disrupt the way the world does business. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to talk about your journey of having you know maybe or facing challenges or difficulties or maybe the clients that you had. So what what are some of those? challenges or difficulties that you might have had or your clients have had so what are those main uh, or major difficulties and challenges they face yeah um whew. so there are a lot yeah so maybe we can you know just approach this topic from a mindset point okay. of view and then maybe a skill set point okay. of view, because I know that you're very good at, you know, practicalities. I listen, I watch the videos, sales and all these tips. So maybe we can, you know, talk a little bit about mindset yeah. struggles, how people think about stuff and then also skill set um, and, and focusing on businesses in, in the first year. So businesses that are so early, early stage. Okay. Yeah. So, um, that is a really awesome question. Um, I, you know, I think one of the biggest challenges for small businesses is honestly some of the mindsets we bring in. So we all come into, you know, well, we don't come into life with a series of stories in our heads, but throughout life, as we grow, we create stories in our heads about how the world works and how everything comes together. And so when we start our businesses, most of us are starting businesses from the position and from the mindset of a an employee, a worker. I, I did. 
So when I started the business, it really wasn't a business. It was a job. And I was a job owner. I owned my own job. And um, as long as I had that mindset, I wasn't able to build an actual business because I mean, just for me personally, I found that I would self-sabotage. So I'm a, I'm a bit of a control freak. <laughs> I, I'm, I joke that I'm a recovering control freak, but I'm, I'm definitely still recovering. Um, and <laughs> so yeah. when you, here's the thing, when you start to grow your business and you reach a certain point where you suddenly have to start hiring help, you have to start bringing mm-hmm. on additional people. And what happens there is you go from knowing everything that's going on in your business to all of a sudden there are blind spots. There's stuff happening. You don't have all the details on. And that can be very difficult for a, a, a per, someone to go through. So someone who's trying to get the business off the ground. And I've seen people go where they start hiring help. They start getting help. They sabotage it. And, and here's the thing, you know, everyone, you know, Oh, I want, I want help. I want to grow. I want to grow. But then they will sabotage the relationship with the employee because they aren't comfortable with not having control, not knowing everything that's going on and drive that employee away. And then of course, you know, the entrepreneur is sitting there blaming it on the employee. Well, you know, there's just no good employees out here, right? Well, no, that's because you not intentionally, like this is not on any, like, you know, unless you, unless it is intentional, in which case, you know, shame on you. Um, Cause that's not fair to put people through that. But for the most part, like it's not intentional. People are not trying to drive help away. People are not trying to create additional struggles for themselves. But by continuing to operate from this position of, I need to know everything that's going on or everything has to be done my way is the other one that I had to let go of very quickly. Create a distinction between my way and quality and realize that my way was Mm. not always the best quality and that's okay. Right. Yeah. It. I could get. So, for example, like with when I started hiring someone to help me out with social media, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I I hired someone to help because I realized that I would spend you know four hours on the weekend prepping all of my freaking posts for the week for the mm-hmm. social media, and so okay, this is yeah. Right. This is way <laughs> too much time. Way too much work. I'm clearly not good at. I just remember one day that my husband went to work. It was a Saturday and he came home from work mm. eight hours later, nine hours later. I'm still sitting on the couch in my PJs working on the same graphics I was working on when he left. And I was like, mm. oh my gosh, like that was such an eye-opening moment for me where I was realized this control freak tendency I've got, this, I've got to own it. I've got to be the person uh, I, you know, it's gotta be my way. It's gotta be the Stephanie character. I was like, I have got to get past mm. this. I have got to figure out how to still get someone who will create quality. Cause I had tried to outsource the social media posting before and it did not go well. Um, suffice to say I <laughs> lost a ton of engagement. It, they nearly destroyed my account. Yeah. Um, so I'm a little paranoid. Really? Wow. Right. Okay. Um, and I, a lot yeah. of entrepreneurs have dealt with that. So I was trying to do it all myself. And what I've what I've learned over the years is that when I try and do it all myself, I limit the capability of my business to serve 
to only my capability. And I'm an incredibly capable person. I'm smart. I can design graphics and I can design graphics that are just as pretty as my girl. Right. But Mm -hmm. it's not my thing. It's not my energy advantage. And just because I can do it doesn't mean I should. And that was really important for me to wrap my head around when I was first getting the business up and running. Uh, I totally uh, agree. And also, I think it's a huge balance between, you know, can I delegate? Can I outsource? Like this mindset of, am I of the mindset of outsourcing? And also like, um, do I want to save my time or save my money? Which resource do I want to, you know, focus on? I might have time, I might have money or Uh, We need to take all those resources into consideration as well. So this is uh, what you've been talking about is the job owner mindset, basically, right? When someone is not ready, not totally ready to outsource tasks. And um, there are two more stages or mindsets, the business operator and business owner mindset, right? So would you talk to us a little bit more about those as well? Yeah. So, so the job owner has this mindset of I'm here and I'm everything in this business and it's all done my way. And I'm going to be the salesperson, the marketing person, the development person, the fulfillment person. I'm going to be the software engineer. I'm going to be the bookkeeper. I'm going to be the billing accountant. I'm going to, I'm going to do everything. Right. And, and they, it's, (laughs) it's an exhausting mindset to have. And I get it that people have this like, Oh, I don't want to take, you know, people are, People are crazy. I don't want to hire extra help, right? Um, Because I'm just going to have to do all the work anyhow. The business operator is where when you start to go from that job owner of I'm doing everything, it's my job, right? My business. This is where typically the business bank account and your bank account are pretty closely mingled as the job owner because whatever money the business makes, you make. Um, Then when you start transitioning into the business owner, One of the biggest mindset shifts you have to start to make is that the money that hits your bank account is not all yours, right? Like I can sit here Mm -hmm. and say, oh, I, you know, my company makes X amount of dollars every month, but I don't actually make that money anymore. It's not, you know, the business starts to become a distinct entity separate from you. And this is where small business owners, um, the people who are transitioning to this, the job, the business operator, and they're starting to go through a bit of an identity crisis because up until now, you and the business have been the same thing. You are the business. I, you know, the business is me. I am the business. If you've seen the the Star Wars movie, um, Rogue One, right, where he says, I'm one with the force, the force is one with me. Like, that's how the job operator operates. <laughs> you know, the job owner is, I am one with the business. Yeah, the business is one true. with me. Like, that's what they do. Um, here comes my nerdy yeah. side with my Star Wars references, but, um, <laughs> but That's cool. as a business operator, suddenly you have to start separating yourself. And it's almost like, it's almost like going through like empty nest syndrome, right? Where, where, you know, my mom recently, mm. I've got seven siblings and, uh, all the last wow. one finally moved out at the end of the summer to go to college, to go to school. And my mom was really struggling with some empty nester syndrome for a while there. 
And, you know, she would call every day and, you know, just the classic things, right? Got to check up on everything, all of her kids. So she was calling all of us kids every single day to talk. She would call me in the middle of work. Like my phone would be going off. I'm sitting there with a client. I'm like, hold on, let me see what's up. My mom's calling. She doesn't usually call. I get on the phone. Hi, Stephanie, how's it going? And I'm like, seriously. <laughs> um, so I had to tell her, I was like, you can't call me during work unless it's an emergency. Like I see you call. I'm I'm thinking it's an emergency. Like call me after work hours. Yeah. Um, but there's this, this identity crisis, you know, for her and for the job owner, that's been their whole world. They've been everything, you know? Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden they're having to relinquish some of the things, you know, as the job owner transitions to the business owner, now they're not doing everything in the business, which means they're going to have to, that mindset I talked about, Mm -hmm. about realizing Stephanie's way isn't the best way, you know, they're going to have to divorce themselves from it having to be done and figure out, you know, my mom always taught me growing up. She said, you know, Stephanie, which battles do you actually want to fight? You know, pick your battles, right? Which hill do you want to die on? And as a business uh, operator, you have to start picking your battles, which, which hill do you want to die on and understanding which ones are important and which ones really aren't. Um, and Mm. really coming down to, you know, in the grand scheme of things, does this make a huge hairy difference? Does it make a huge hairy difference if she wraps the product in blue paper rather than purple paper. I mean, is it the absolute end of the world if it's wrapped in blue instead of purple? Yeah. Okay. All right. So if your branding is purple, maybe that's kind of a big deal, but is it the end of the world? No, it's, it's not worth losing your cool over. Use the blue paper and then just make sure they know. And then this is one of the big keys. You got to be willing to bring up issues right away, right? So your employee makes a mistake. They buy blue paper instead of purple Mm. paper you know, and it's non-refundable, it's non-returnable, you're stuck with the blue paper. Um, And you have a choice, right? You're going to sit here. First of all, you got to make sure your employee knows right off the bat that, you know, they got to get the purple paper in the future and and do it in a way that's not demeaning, right? Coming back to my whole thing about let's not make work something people hate, right? They made a mistake. They made an honest mistake. Have a conversation with them. Hey, by the way, um, you know, so this is where you have to start transitioning yeah. into being a yeah. manager. Yeah. And just because you hire someone doesn't mean that, you know, you don't ever have to worry about or touch that area of the business again. You still have to manage it. You just don't have to do all the work. Yeah, absolutely. And I also believe that this is really, uh, first of all, this is really useful. It reminded me of making a decision. It wasn't about uh, 100% about making a decision, but when there's someone who has to make a decision, sometimes um, we can course correct afterwards even if it's a bad decision you know you just make the decision and then you can course correct so uh in order to avoid this stagnation or hesitation or whatever it is because i also believe that when someone is moving from a job owner to this business operator they need to acquire maybe you know more of a leadership skills or become you know a manager of people and being able to talk to these people so i'm definitely someone who wants to build a team in the future but yeah, I haven't started yet, but I want to have my little baby, which is the content and uh, speaking and, and other stuff 
for me. Like I want to do those things. <laughs> and, you know, as you mentioned, social media and other stuff, I would like to outsource, right? I would like to have people for those things. And um, I always think about like, if I'm doing that, you know, I need to be able to manage those people in some ways. So that's that's another identity that you need to acquire or mindset, definitely. So, And we were talking about the business operator, right? So we haven't stepped to the to the final, which is business owner. Yeah. So let's let's have a look at that. So the business owner is kind of the ultimate goal as a small business owner to create a business where if you want to be involved in it, you can. And if you are involved in it, you get a paycheck. But if you're not involved in it, the business can run itself with minimal engagement from you. Now, you may have to operate as like a board member, right? Just thinking about the the structure that, you know, a, a major corporation like Apple has, right? They have stockholders, they have business owners, they have board members, right? You, so you're going to have to set up multiple layers here to make sure the business does run itself. But there does come a point where you got to start to realize, am I up for stepping away from the business if I needed to? And, and can we, is this business bigger than me, right? Am I willing, am I okay with that? And that can be very difficult because once again, even though you went through this identity crisis where you started to realize that the business was bigger than you, you know, going from job owner to business operator, you kind of go through the same thing again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I've actually seen, you know, I remember, um, one story in particular, this, this gentleman, um, built up this great business and it was, you know, he built it up to do fairly well, um, passed it off to his kids out of, you know, just needing to step away. He had some health issues, needed to step away from the day to day and having to be involved in it and was still taking, I mean, the business mm -hmm. was running, the business is growing he's able to take profit distributions for himself to live on. I mean, he's getting hefty profit distributions to be able to live on and, and thrive with. And he would come into the business after hours and literally would break product so that the kids and the, the workers had to call him the next day to come in and figure out how to fix stuff. Because his entire identity was around mm -hmm. being needed and when he was no longer needed, it, it broke him. Like it really messed with his head and he didn't even realize what he was doing. He, you know, mm -hmm. to him, it was, well, I'm just going into, you know, I'm just going in to make sure everything's working. Everything looks good. And then he would, you know, set it up the way he wanted it, except he wouldn't finish. So things weren't working. So then, you know, it's like the, the far extreme, you've been growing this kid, you've been building this kid, and now you suddenly have to let that kid actually go do their own thing. I mean, this is, this is beyond empty nest syndrome. This is when your kid moves to a whole nother country, like on the other side of the world. <laughs> um, and going through that, <laughs> yeah. you know, there is a lot of, you know, you're going from not knowing everything in the business yeah. to knowing hardly anything in the business. Maybe you get a report every so often, but you're really letting the business run itself. And that is where you're starting. Now you really have to trust. And if you have trust issues, like I do sometimes, like that can be incredibly difficult. And 
it is really important yeah. at that point that you have set things up right from the get-go. You have checks and balances in place so that you can, you know, rest easy. You've hired good people. You've established a really strong company culture and that you are, you know, it just, just keeps coming back to trust. You trust your team to step back and let them do their thing. Um, and really just live inside your role inside the company. If you still want to be inside the company, um, but I see so many business owners who could be a true business owner, could step back, but their identity is in being needed, in being the hero. And so they constantly cause their team to second guess. They constantly cause their team to doubt. They constantly cause their team to make mistakes because they feed them incorrect information or they undermine. And it just, it, it just doesn't end well. And it's just because they... That's a hard. That's a hard move to yeah, make. Yeah, I, I'll admit. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned two things actually: company culture and good people. So I was just wondering, you know, what advice would you give to those? Because obviously, you have built that team. And uh, what advice would you give to those who are planning to build some kind of a team? Yeah. Uh, so first things first, you really got to know your company culture inside and out. What is the culture you want your company to have? And think about like, what are the repercussions of this, right? And are you willing to go all the way? So for example, you know, I know one guy who, you know, sits here and says, well, we, we value a company culture of transparency, 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 but then he won't share anything with anyone. Like he, 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 what he, he wants transparent, he wants one-way transparency. He wants to put everybody in front of a, a one-way mirror, right? He wants to see inside everyone else's glass houses, but don't look at mine. And it drives me crazy um, mm-hmm. to even, I, I really try to avoid hanging out with this person because like they, it's all about one way trans. Like, so if you want your company culture to be about transparency, you need to, you know, real quickly check yourself. Are you willing to be transparent in return? Are you up for the, and, and also mm-hmm. what is not worth being tried? Like I had one of my team members send me an email once explaining why she didn't hit her deadline. And I just, I emailed her back and I was like, so heads up, I don't ever need this much detail as your, as your boss. Like you don't have to give me ever. I appreciate you wanting me to know that it was not you making excuses. Like I thank you, but, um, we don't need this much transparency. Like there are some things I trust you. So if you tell me you didn't hit your deadline because of these high level reasons, I'm not going to say like, I'm not the boss who's going to require a doctor's note. If you say I had to, you know, I had to take time off. I had to go to the doctors, like then go to the doctor, do what you got to do. Like, that's cool. So being very clear, being really thinking this through, if you want a culture of transparency, are you willing to be transparent in return? I had someone yesterday who was telling me about how she doesn't want any of her employees to know when she's having an off day. And I looked at her and I said, why? So why are you afraid of letting your employees know when you're having an off day? First of all, it lets them know that off days happen, but you're still committed to performing at a high level, even though you're having an off day. So it sets a standard for them. Second of all, Mm -hmm. it lets them know why you may be a little bit shorter with them if you, if you are being shorter. So that, you know, that's great. Like I'm all for that transparency. I'm actually a big believer in, you know, open financials, open books, like 
my team all knows exactly what we make, <laughs> what things cost. Like I'm a big believer in, in a lot of transparency, um, but not everybody is. And if you're not willing to commit to that, don't try and claim it's part of your company culture. Mm-hmm. Because if you hire someone based on we're a company of transparency, honesty, and integrity, and the first thing you do is you refuse to disclose information to them, <laughs> you have just breached your your promise of integrity, yeah. which is you say what you're going to do, and you breached your promise of, of transparency. So now you've lied to them, and they're not going to be engaged with one to work for you long term. So- You got to figure out what your culture is and document it. Understand, you know, these are our core values. This is our mission statement. This is what the core values mean. Like if you're going to, everyone has integrity as a core value, right? Everyone, everyone claims that, you know, integrity is important to them. But I started asking people, you know, so what does integrity mean? What does it mean to you? And half of them can't answer. They're like, well, it means, you know, it's, uh, I mean. Yeah, it's great. Right. Yeah, I, I mean it's great because uh, the word itself is is abstract and it means different things to different people, right? Yeah. So having that clear definition, being able to share that, you know. So we looked at what makes, you know, what makes grow disrupt. And as a job operator, I was the business, right? So the business took on a lot of characteristics that Stephanie has, which can be good and can be bad. Um, and so we started to look mm-hmm. at what are some of the characteristics, what are some of Stephanie's characteristics. And getting really clear on what made Stephanie mm-hmm. Stephanie, what made what drew people to me, um, documenting that, getting that down on paper so that we could then figure out, okay, do we like all of this? What needs to come out, right? And you know, what needs to get added in or elaborated on? What are our definitions of all this stuff? Knowing what your culture is about. You know, like I, I talk about the Netflix culture a lot because they're very well known for their company culture document. And they're very upfront about what their company culture is and how they are a culture of performance. And as long as you're performing, you will be welcome and they will love having you there. But when you don't perform, they will let you go and they will let you go very quickly. And they're super upfront about that. So people mm-hmm. who go to work for them, that's, that's fine. They know what to expect. They get what they expect. And it creates a much more engaged team when they know what kind of culture they're walking into up front. And plus you can also then hire for the right person. So I always tell people, you doesn't matter how much you can pay somebody. If they don't already live and breathe your core values, if they aren't already passionate about your mission statement, then they will never, like you can't pay them Mm -hmm. enough. Someone who lacks integrity, since we've been picking on integrity, you can't pay someone to have integrity if they don't have it. So you need to make sure you hire people who do. Wow. It's a really, really interesting topic because you mentioned, for example, also engagement and uh, mission statement and value. So I am a huge believer of this. Like uh, you attract people with company values, I believe. And, you know, if people resonate with these values, then they can be more engaged or if they feel that they, they are part of something bigger. At least it, in my case, it was always the case. So when I was employed, you know, I just loved the fact when the leader was communicating all these values and goals and vision that the company had. So I had companies or I worked for companies who didn't really communicate this. They had a document about these values and mission statements, but it was just paper. And some of the leaders did communicate and some of them did not. So I felt the difference totally. So 
my idea with my uh, aspirations was that I want to create a team, you know, with like-minded people who has the same val- who have the same values. And so it's important to communicate those values in order to be able to have those people. Or I, I was just wondering when you talk to someone like, are you asking about these values or how do you do this? Are you communicating those values to them or? Yeah. So a couple of things we'll do, we will actually design interview questions around trying to figure out whether someone is a, um, someone already has those cultures, those core values. Um, so, um, uh, you know, one of our big things, for example, is, uh, passion. So for my, my company, one of our core values is Mm. passion. And so I don't, I mean, you can sit here all day long and ask people, so are you a passionate person? And first of all, (laughs) you're going to get some really weird looks like, what kind of job am I applying for? <laughs> what? The heck? what? Um, but you know what I found in that is ask them to tell me about something you care about deeply. First of all, mm. what do they choose to talk about? That's cool. Arguing for a yeah. position with a company that works with small businesses, so you should probably choose something to talk about that has some kind of relation there, right? Or that you can correlate to small business. Although that's not a you know that's not the end of the world if they can't. But I want to know. Tell me about tell me about a time when you you got to work inside your energy advantage. You yeah. got to do the things you love. What job was that? Tell me about that job. And I'll watch to see, you know, do they get fired up? Are they even aware of that stuff? And you know, those seem like simple questions, but you'll get people who legitimately have never worked a job they've been fired up about. They don't know what mm-hmm. it's like to work with passion. And to me then that person's not a fit for my company culture. So I'm not going to hire that person Mm, because that is one of our core values. My entire team does this energy advantage exercise every single year where we look at what's on our plate and we work on outsourcing the ones that don't work for us. I started just doing it for me, but it, you know, became huge for everyone on the team because Mm -hmm. everyone in my company needs to be working on what they're passionate about. And you know what? There are people out there who are passionate about the stuff you don't care about. So let's go find them so that we can get you working inside the stuff you love because I'm going to get more effort and more results out of you yeah. when you're doing the stuff you love to do. Amazing. That's a that's a great question. That's a great question. I uh, Another question came to my mind, which can be similar, but not really. So what are you curious about? But uh, it is something that I experienced in my life that curiosity brought me where I am today because I used to work as an architect. So I transitioned to this, this place. And, uh, <laughs> I think that was about curiosity and that led to this passion of personal development. Yeah. But many people might have not been thinking about what I'm curious about or what they are curious about, you know, so that might be a, a, a difficult question. Yeah. So we talked about themes. That's amazing. And there's one thing I wanted to tap into, which is when someone is, you know, building uh, their business, they might be building a team, uh, you know, to, to help them out to become business owners or operators, but they might have the chance to automate uh, things, for example, with platforms nowadays. I'm a huge fan of systems, so I always try to look at my things in systems and try to optimize processes do you have some recommendations to people 
who are trying to use platforms or other kind of programs? There are so many things. There are so many things you can do. Um, you know, one that I used a lot when I was trying to build my um, my time management skills was a plugin called Rescue Time, um, and it's a, it actually it tracks what you do with your time. So it, I would be able to mm-hmm. log in at the end of the week and see how much time did I just spend on Facebook? How much time was I spending in my inbox? How much time was I spending, you know, and it would give me a rundown of how much time I was spending each week in all these things. And I could sync it across my devices. So, you know, I would have it on my desktop, laptop, and on my phone. So it could track my time across the board. And it was really, really valuable for me to help to start seeing where my time was going. So that was one software that I think was really, really helpful. That's that's huge. I did the same actually to become more aware. I think it's a really good advice. I did it in a spreadsheet, so but I became very aware of okay, how much time do I spend on this or that? So I became aware how much time I spend on social media, you know, sharing stuff and 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 <laughs> and things like that. But it's really, really helpful and you can see then the tasks yeah, it's oh my gosh, it is unfortunately it's mind-boggling. It will blow you away how much time you were spending on just the craziest stuff and you're just sitting there going, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe this." Yeah. I cannot believe it. But, you know, it 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 really it's really really valuable as well. So, so yeah, rescue time was huge. Um I do, you know, you mentioned the CRMs. Mm-hmm. I do highly recommend CRMs for, you know, and you don't have to get a super complicated one. But what I found when I first started my business, I was super adamant against using a CRM. I was really like, like, stay back devil. Because I, when I worked my corporate job, I had to use a CRM called Salesforce and everyone knows about Salesforce and every sales rep I know who's had to use Salesforce hates it. It is so cumbersome. Like it is, it is so much work to use Salesforce. And so when I started my business, I was like, well, I don't need a CRM. And I was just super against CRMs for a long time. And what happened was I was trying to just track things in like a spreadsheet. And what I found would happen is I would, you know, my one spreadsheet would get too big and too cumbersome. So I would start a new one. So I was constantly losing people, failing to keep up with people. Leads weren't getting properly entered. And so we did, we made the switch and I highly recommend, even if you just find a sales, a, a, a CRM that just allows you to track tasks, like assign tasks for yourself to follow up with people and notes, mm-hmm. like the one we started with and we still actually use pretty heavily, even though we're trying to transition away from it, it's called less annoying CRM. And it's super, super simple. Um, you can track, you can set a task to remind yourself to follow up with someone. You can put people into groups based on where you met them or where they're at in the sales funnel. Um, you can, you know, put notes. So all of my notes after I talk with a client goes into less annoying CRM or even a prospective client so that I can go and find all of my notes in one place easily. Um, and so I'm a huge, huge believer. Get that. Cause the other thing it allows you to do is, until I started using a CRM, I couldn't scale up my sales department. I couldn't, I mean, I was the sales department. There was no help. There was no way to onboard anyone to help out um, until I started using the CRM. And so yeah, that is another thing I highly recommend is get 
a CRM in place. There's one I just found out about. I haven't done any research on it yet, but there's one called Streak that is like a, a Google, um, like a G Suite or a Gmail one. I know a lot of people use G Suite or Gmail. So that one, um, I was chatting with a guy yesterday who like mm. loves it. So, um, mm. but there's so many options out there. Find one that works and just use it to track notes and tasks for starters, but, but use it, like get started. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. And what I've been um, using lately, um, or what I was missing, um, to see my system on a board, some kind of a board. So maybe because I was an architect, but I wanted to have this system in front of me. So I recently started to exploring different kind of programs where you can draw so-called mind map diagrams. Do you, do you use them? I do. I love mind map. Yeah. So I, I was, you know, missing and I was like, what could, and, and what could it be? And, and I realized that this is, this is the thing I, I want to use mind map. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. The one, so the software we use for mind mapping is Coggle, which is also a Google one. Um, so C O G G L E. Have you checked that one out? No, actually not yet. So Coggle. I, yeah. Cool. Yeah, there's a couple out there. Um, I like Coggle because it's got lots of pretty colors, um, and I'm a little ADD, so I need the colors yeah. to stay focused. <laughs> yeah, so I would highly recommend that to people because I think it's it's really cool that you can see, you know, those different kind of bubbles or ideas, and then yeah. the connections between those, you know, ideas, and you can just do some brainstorming around that, you know, tweak it and try things out. That's that's cool. I think. Yeah. Yeah, sure. and Stephanie, we are coming to the end of this episode. Oh my gosh. I went so fast. <laughs> really, that's cool. <laughs> that's a good sign. And um, you know, um I wanted to ask you about because I know you have some free giveaways for the listeners. Uh would you just share share it with us? Yeah, so I was sitting down and I was like, okay, what what do I want to do? You know, what what would really work here? You know, I know we're we're going to be talking about you know, the business operator versus business owner versus job owner, or, you know, what, how do we, what do we do here? And so I went in and I got two of our courses. So we have a whole bunch of online courses. I found two of them that I think are really, really helpful for making that transition. Um, and one is our time management tips and tricks course. And it mm -hmm. is, I'm really proud of this course. It's one of our older courses, but we haven't touched it or reworked it because it's just, it's well done. So most time management courses I go through are like 30, 40 minute, you know, an hour long course. Um, and people who need time management, it's like a joke, like seriously, I don't have an hour to go through your course. So what we did was we put together, uh, two to seven minute recordings with real quick, here's one tip to implement. And then we even put in this really awesome challenge checklist. So you can say I'm struggling with X and it'll tell you exactly which which uh, recordings to go listen to. And mm -hmm. so we set that one up. And then the other one we set up was the goal setting because in order to get from, there's a lot of growing pains that happen when you're going from, um, from business owner to business operator to, to uh, for, you know, job owner to business operator to business owner. There's a lot of growing pains. It's very challenging. You got to be very clear about where you're going with all of this, if you want to have any hope of being able to push yourself through it. And so I also grabbed our goal setting course, 
and they're on a hidden page. So there's a coupon in there. So you can actually get access to both of these courses for free. Um, but there's a, there's a hidden page on our website. If you go to growdisrupt.com forward slash freebie, F R E E B I E. That will take you, it's, you can't find the page from the main navigation. You're going to have to, you know, go to the, go to the link. But if you go there, you can get both, there's links to both of those courses and then the coupon code to get your free access instead of paying, you know, I think one of them is like 30 bucks, one of them is like 20 bucks. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for, for providing this to our listeners. It's going to be in the show notes so people can check out there. And um, yeah, thank you so much. And um, I always ask my guests about book recommendations. What could these, you know, hungry listeners read when they don't listen to my show? Of course. <laughs> right. Well, you know, they'll listen to the podcast, but there's more hours in the week than yeah. you know than what. So um, need to catch up. <laughs> so my three of my three of the books that have had the most profound influence on me that I've gone back and read multiple times. Um, one is Profit First by Mike Michalowicz. Uh, he is a freaking mm. genius. Have you read that book? No, actually, I, I read it on your website as well, or I heard it in one of your videos. So I ordered the book because lately I felt that I want to read something in business because I have been reading mainly personal development or leadership books. So I was like, now I should read some kind of a business book. So I ordered this oh, one because nice. I like it. it. It's yeah. so, and you know, it will transform how you think about managing the finances of your business, the money. It, I have seen businesses go from years of being in the red to in the black in a matter of months by going through and implementing his, his philosophies in that book. I mean, it is, it is truly it's one of those books that I, I look at as a non-negotiable book to read. Um, The other two, the one that I love, Atomic Habits by James Clear, um, mm -hmm. you know, because I'm a big believer that your habits create your business. So you, you know, we operate on habits all the time. And so if you can set up the right habits, like set up habits that, that set you up for success, that's half the battle. Yeah. So that one was huge. And then Sales EQ by Jeb Blunt was the, was one that just shifted how I thought about sales. And I mean, it was such a good book. I've gone back and I've read it, I don't know, three or four times now, which is saying a lot because I'm usually like a one and done type of person. Um, but each of these books I've read multiple times. Yeah. So cool. Thank you so much for sharing them. I'm a huge believer of habits as well. So I'm mainly focusing on that area. So mindset and habits and personal development. So that's why I read more personal development books. So I thought maybe I should read now some more business books. And I was thinking about the E-Myth, uh, if I'm not mistaken. That's a good one. Yeah. So I haven't ordered that one. I ordered this Profit First. Yeah. Recommended by you. So I didn't know the book before. So awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, you'll love yeah. I think you'll love it. And Mike has such an easy way of writing. It's so easy to read his stuff. He's just, he's engaging. He's funny. Um, but the E-Myth is also really good. If you, I, I highly, highly recommend that one as well. It shifted how I thought about entrepreneurs and and business owner versus business operator that was really the first book that i read that got me to start thinking about this concept in detail wow so yeah. cool 
now I have a couple of books, or we have. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So, and uh, before I ask my last question, please just tell the listeners where they can learn more about you and get in touch with you. They can get all kinds of goodies about me at our website, growdisrupt.com. And then um, you can also catch up with me on Facebook and I'll, I'll get you the link to my personal Facebook profile because I do a terrible job keeping up with my, um, actually my team does a great job keeping up with the actual like professional pages. But if you want to connect with me personally, you know, just send me a note when you yeah. send me the connection request, like send a message as well. And and say, hey, Steph, I saw you on the Mindset Horizon podcast. I want to connect. And, you know, because otherwise I try not to connect with random people because, you know, there's some weird people out there. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so many. So. <laughs> yeah. So that's great. Um, the links uh, are going to be in the show notes, the freebies and your website and the Facebook page. And so my last question <laughs> is, drum roll, please. So, <laughs> so. Uh, I wanted to ask you about the vision and your goals about the company or your business aspirations for the future. Where are you heading, basically? Yeah. So my big goal, I mean, really, honestly, our, our mission statement, you said it earlier, to disrupt the way the world does business. We want to create an impact across the entire globe. It is not necessary and it is not best practices to do business the way it's been done in the past, where people are treated like cattle, where people are taken advantage of, where you know bad leadership is allowed mm. to continue um, over short-sighted goals. We don't have to operate that way anymore. And I I want to create an impact across the globe where you know we're going to start with the small business owners, but I think if we can get enough small business owners doing this. The big guys will have to follow suit because no one's going to want to work for the big guys if you know if the small businesses are doing great. So they will have to make those those shifts as well, creating cultures people can engage with, and really taking care of their businesses and and their people. Right, so you can have a profitable business that doesn't take advantage of people, and that that is that's my vision. That is the goal that I have is to create you know, to literally just get so many, you know, hundreds of thousands of businesses through our programs that have implemented them, that we are creating a movement across the globe in business. Wow. That's amazing. Incredible. And um, the mission taps into my values. So I absolutely, you know, love it. And I wish you good luck with all these goals and aspirations. And thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really, I love your podcast. I'm so glad we were able to connect. What is up, Mindset Nation? Thank you so much for listening. And I really hope this episode's been highly valuable to you. And if so, please make sure to spread the word and share this episode with your friends. We are on a mission to build this community of Mindset Nation, so please make sure to go to iTunes, go to Stitcher and support us by rating and reviewing the show and don't forget to subscribe as well. For more information about Mindset Horizon, simply visit our website MindsetHorizon.com and sign up to our weekly newsletter to get the latest information about new episodes, Mindset Transforming freebies, tips and insights. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Leave us a message. We'd love to get in touch with you and hear more about you. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Take care and be limitless, my friends. <laughs>